I made it through another year, can't ask for nothing much more It's outcast for the books, I thought you knew, so now you know, let's go Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, a victory Sunday night edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. With me is Matt Reynolds and Scott Reynolds. Scott Reynolds and Matt Matera. Matt Reynolds and Scott Matera. There we go on the Peter Report podcast. Ready to talk. Sorry, I'm a bit flustered here. The Steelers is absolutely just gave up a touchdown late in the game against Baltimore. No big deal. Not a big deal at all, guys. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Not a big deal at all. Shame. Yeah. It's just awful. Oh, the gold for two. The gold for two. Realities of being a Steelers fan here. Um, so this is live, um, folks. But, we're we're live watching the Steelers and, and Ravens yes. talking Bucks. Watching the Ravens try and go for two to win the game here at the end. Wow. You're gonna see John Ledyard's yes, you're gonna live reaction here. This is exciting. Live meltdown. Meltdown. Collapse in my chair. Okay. Let's talk about the Bucks though. They get a huge yeah. win today. Uh, it's not necessarily a surprising win. The way that it happened at times was quite frustrating, right. but they they endured it. They played better in the second half. Did what they needed to do, and they got to W, and they improve to nine and three on the season, and they get a stranglehold on the NFC South. I mean, this is—it's not necessarily the path you would have taken. You would have rather not lost. Mike Reynolds here. Do we get the whole Reynolds plan here? Yeah, that's right. Mike Reynolds (laughs) in here. Come on, love it. Uh, But I mean, let's just be honest. Like this is nine and three. You stranglehold in the division. It's not been as pretty as you'd like it to be at this point in the season. Record-wise, this is where you want to be. Sorry, Ravens. Steelers win. Oh, don't say that. I haven't seen Steelers it. Steelers win. I just told you. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Well, I just told you. No, you're lying to me. No, I'm telling you the truth. Your conversion's coming off on my screen. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's, it's an incomplete pass <laughs> to Mark Andrews by Lamar Jackson. TJ Watt? Oh, nope, my. Not going to happen. You're told you. Screen. Called it. <laughs> I heard someone yelling. She's probably using profanity. So let's keep it rolling. Um, but no, good, good win there. Way to hang on. Uh, probably Ben's last time playing the Ravens in Heinz Field. So yeah. good to Speaking see Speaking of good uh, win, we had a good yeah. one today in Atlanta. I think that this has kind of been the season for the Bucks, right? Though they don't play up par against most of the teams they've played this season. They've been able to close it out. And usually the final margin's convincing enough. But this is still a team that, yeah, you you'd like to see. I don't know. I just think you'd like to see them play a little bit more dominant at times this season than they have. They scored 30 maybe, points Maybe it's okay because nobody else is too. I know. They scored 30. This is their second row win. Did you watch win the game and it, not – didn't you think it should have been 40-something points? A, a little underwhelming, of course. But uh, I'm happy. I picked 31-17. is only off by a point, John. So I'm very happy about that. I had 34 Makes me look smarter. Scott, that's right. So I, 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 said 44, I said 44-20. It should have been 40. Well, that's why you're upset because you weren't right. Yeah. Right. Well, I was right about the dub. That's yes, you were. Yeah. And you've got more dubs than anybody on the staff this year. So <laughs> that's you, it. You, hey, you, listen, I didn't bring it up. You, you know, it's just kind <laughs> of like it, like it is, John. But Bucks offense in general, Brady in the vertical passing game really oh, got back God. on track. And Bruce Arian said it right that this was the key. And Matt, you've seen this last couple of weeks that they haven't been able to find the vertical passing plays down the field, but it's more about how the defenses are playing them than necessarily a struggle of theirs per se. So. You get that in this game, you look at what they're doing and the way that they're attacking down the field, and the Falcons clearly gave them some opportunity other defenses weren't giving them. Yeah, the broadcasters even pointed that out at one point. They're like, all right, they're playing too high safety. Brady's not going to fall for that trap. He's just going to dump it off. And he kept doing that, throwing passes to, to Gronk, Chris Godwin, and uh, I think Gio Bernard had a reception over the middle. He was fine with taking that underneath one every single time. I found it so interesting for the fact that the Bucks aired it out all game. Uh, again, like you look at that first, drive they threw the ball literally every single time and yet uh you know just reached the 30 point threshold i guess you could say they probably would have scored again had there been more time on the clock but they were just looking to to run the clock out but um just a solid performance from the offense like they they didn't dominate by any means but uh you know they, they came out with an aggressive approach and obviously helped them get the victory today yeah, Scott, what are your thoughts here on this MVP conversation? I mean, obviously the context of the league matters here too, but yeah. Brady comes out as the kind of game like he had today. I mean, this is what he's done against Atlanta really. Uh, you know, 38-51, 368 yards, four touchdowns. He's thrown touchdowns now 
in six of the 12 games this year for the Bucs. He's thrown four more yeah. touchdowns, excuse me, in six of the 12 games for the Bucs this year. That is just a remarkable statistic, in my opinion. And, and they're not done yet, yeah. by the way. They play the Panthers twice more, the Jets, and obviously the Bills <laughs> and the Saints the next two weeks. So there are opportunities here to continue to add to this. But just like it's been kind of – it's almost like it's – I think – I don't know if it's voter fatigue or what it is, but – I think it's some voter fatigue, John. Yeah, it's just, I, I it's do. It's so good. And we'll have to see, right? I mean, we'll have to see if, if Brady can win the the NFC Offensive Player of the Week award this week. You know, then then that might um, help his case. He'll have won it twice. I mean, he's up there with, with the the passing touchdowns and that. I, I got a funny feeling that Jared Goff's going to win it just because the Lions won a game and he threw the game winning touchdown. <laughs> he had three touchdowns today, two hundred ninety six yards. Brady's game was better he had 368 yards and, and four touchdowns five if you want to count the touchdown to marlon davidson i mean technically the guy had five touchdowns okay? yeah uh, only four count up for the buccaneers but you know say let me mike evans seven catches 99 yards chris godwin 15 catches 143 yards uh, leonard fournette had 92 yards of all purpose in in a touchdown and the tight ends ruled the day when kim Bray, you know, gets a touchdown. That's that's always a good day for him. But Gronk, every time he plays the Falcons, it seems he gets two tutties. He had two today. No. So, uh, I, John, I I think that that uh, if Brady doesn't win it, uh, and there's still plenty of games to be played. Keep in mind, mm. but keep in mind he's going to have a couple of very high profile games coming up. Right, the Bills game is going to be a very high profile national attention type game. Then you've got the Saints game on Sunday night. So there's yep. a couple of impressions here to make before a live studio audience, you know, uh, yep. That's a, a, a big point. time national uh, audience right. and with the Buccaneers heating up right now and the NFC being really kind of top heavy with the Cardinals, Packers and, and uh, Buccaneers, all eyes are going to be on Tampa Bay. So I think there's still a chance for him to do that with, with Kyler Murray missing some of those games. You know, that certainly hits his his campaign. Right. Aaron Rodgers with the whole COVID thing, is that going to negatively yeah, yeah. affect, you know, his yeah. thing? There was some politics involved, I think, especially yeah. with the league office. So we'll see. Yeah, I right, think yeah, that's there's... the biggest thing. So, sorry, just real quick. I think that's the biggest thing that helps Brady is that who's the clear-cut other candidate right. to go against Brady? As yeah. you just said, you know, people aren't happy with Aaron Rodgers, whether you agree or disagree. People aren't happy with them. That kind of goes into the voting section and anyone else really as you mentioned Kyler Murray injured I think Derrick Henry was well in the conversation before he got hurt but clearly he's not in the running anymore I don't think there's a clear-cut number one contender to go up against Tom Brady for this season therefore you got to give it to the GOAT there's still a little while yeah. to go but yeah. and I that's not to diminish that's not to diminish what he's doing either. I mean, the guy's thrown 34 touchdowns this season already. You know, that's a great season for most quarterbacks. And yeah. he's still got a couple right. games to go here. And so he has been piling it up, not just the touchdowns, but the yardage, the way he's handled game situations, just in general, all of it. I mean, I think he's had some of the worst interception luck I've ever seen from a quarterback. And oh, yet yeah. he's still continuing to, <laughs> to overcome that and to overcome, you know, a lot of the things they've done this season, the loss. I mean, we just we got to talk about it on this show, and we will. Wide receiver three has been just completely absent from this offense, and this is an yeah. offense that it's always relied on all three guys. The mm -hmm. way that Bruce Arians likes to, I mean, wherever he's been, Seattle, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis for that year, that's always been a staple. They basically have nothing. We thought that was a huge strength coming into the year. Yeah, I still think Scotty should play more, but that's basically been nothing. Brady's kind of overcome all of it, and. Yeah, nobody else is maybe having a, a great, unbelievable record setting type of year, but Brady it's really is this guy by default the last couple of weeks, John. It's like ever since Gronk's been back, he's kind of said screw it to the number three wide receiver. My my, my true number three is going to be Gronkowski after Godwin and Evans. And it should be, you're right. Absolutely. And you know, I was asked on WFLA if if the Bucks can are actually on uh, WDAE this week, if the Bucks could win it all without Antonio Brown. And I said, yes, because they've got three weapons. As long as Brady has, you know, three elite weapons to throw to, he does. And if AB is in that mix and, and Gronk is not, or if AB is in that mix and Evans is not or whatever, it doesn't really matter. The Bucks have four guys. One of them is not playing right now. But as long as he has three, and we saw this in the NFC Championship game without Antonio Brown. We saw this in New Orleans uh, where Antonio Brown only played half of a game. I'm not knocking AB. I'm just saying if Gronkowski continues to stay healthy and play at this level, catching touchdowns, getting a 100-yard game like he did against the Colts, um, 
it's it's still pick your poison, guys. Because I mean, we we've all seen Mike Evans have you know that that uh, you know uh, blow up game. We've seen Godwin's have a blow up game. He had that today. Yep. Gronk's had it at any given Sunday. Um, any of those guys can go off. And, and in in this case today, all three did in different ways. Yeah, and I think that with Brady, I think it's more like this offense that Brady, I think is what you meant too, basically, is that this offense relies so much on guys that need to get open one-on-one. Like that's how this yeah. offense works a lot. They don't scheme people open like a McVay offense or Shanahan offense does a lot of the time. A lot of the time right. it is go win one-on-one. And so that's one of the struggles when you're a vertical-based offense that asks your receivers to win one-on-one a lot. A lot of the time, teams can play bracket coverage on you. And even if you have two guys, they can take it out. But that third piece has always been so important in Arians' offense. And that's why you're exactly right. The addition of Gronkowski's back into the offense after his injury has been huge. And it's been a credit to Arians and Leftwich. Tight end has not really been like a huge focal point of their offense. And they've adjusted things with Gronkowski and with no Antonio Brown. And you saw Gronkowski today on a touchdown, isolated right. on the backside one-on-one. And he's able to fake route. It looked like a New England play. I, I actually yeah. love Gronkowski's <laughs> post-game presser. Like he was like, I was, I said the exact same thing in the live in-game stream. I was like, this was a Patriots moment right here. Brady audible, the Gronkowski fade route, you're isolated by himself. And that's right. not something that the Bucks typically do with him. That he plays in line most of the time for Tampa Bay. And that was just was really cool to see the way the left, which especially in the red zone, has adjusted some things. He thought he other than that end of first half play, which we'll talk about, I thought left, which did a great job today. And it's been a big reason why you know Brady's, I think, starting to turn that corner. And if we get to the closing stretch, yeah, I think you're exactly right, Scott. The Saints and the Bills, these are two huge games. They're going to be, I'm sure the Bills game will be the national game at four o'clock next week. And yeah. I'm sure that the Saints game, I mean, that's a night game. So that, you know, and they're yep. both at home. It's time for Brady to, if he balls out in those two games, he's going to win MVP. I agree. Yeah. Speaking of winning, we got uh, some winnings in the form of a super chat from Andre. Post game show, the promise, second week, every win, super chat. Hoping already to repeat next week. Well, we certainly appreciate that, Andre. Thank is you, that, Andre. Is that rubles? Is what's the R in front of eighteen dollars? I don't know what that is. I really I have no idea. Yeah, I don't maybe know. Maybe Andre can tell us. Seen it before? Yeah, maybe Andre could let us know. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. Um, but we'll make sure we try to get to all your questions here. I know we have a lot of confidence to to or a lot of questions to get through. I want to know fans' confidence level in the Bucks offense right now. We'll do defense in a second, but I just want to know yep. confidence level in the Bucks offense scale one to ten. Do you feel like? Some of the midseason, you know, issues that kind of crept up a little bit are, are solved. They're really, you know, the product of some really crazy bounces and fluky plays when they haven't put up. They've still put up 30 the last couple of games, 30 back to back on the road. You feel confident in the Bucks offense, 10 being the most confident, you know, five was to be in middle and one being like you're not confident at all moving forward. You still feel like this is a team that will beat themselves in big moments. Uh, where are you kind of at with that? Is I think a question. I'm 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 going to praise a guy that I think fans think I'd criticize maybe too much on the show. I'm not going to praise him for his rushing ability. I still think he's a very ordinary rusher, but it is, even though he has six drops and leads the team this season, I still think Leonard Fournette is a receiver. What the improvements that have happened there, uh, you know, he's never going to be super elusive after the catch, but Leonard, what are you doing? <laughs> Catching more passes. What are you doing? Leonard being a good receiver. It's it's amazing how much he's transformed this hey, year. Really he's put got the work in. Two receiving touchdowns. That's a new career high for for Fournette. <laughs> Seriously, it is. He's never had more than one in a season, so he's already eclipsed that. He's doubled his output from last year. Yeah, and two in two weeks. Five That's touchdowns right. in the last two games. Just a great performance from him. John, you were talking about uh, New England vibes before with Brady and Gronk. I was feeling that a little bit with just the amount that Brady kept going to Fournette in the passing game. You look at that first play of the game. It was a short dump-off pass to Fournette that he took for 10 yards down the field. The first touchdown over to Fournette. He involved him so, so much uh, in that area. And it's funny because they brought in Gio Bernard to be the receiving running back. But Leonard Fournette has, you know, taken that by the reins, whether it's first, second, or third down, and just dominated that area. But we've long said Brady needs that receiving running back. And especially over the past couple of weeks, it really feels like that they've hit that rhythm in terms of Brady has that confidence. He can go the short route and still pick up eight, 10 yards by just throwing it to Lenny. Yeah. And especially, I mean, when they blow that flat coverage, like they did first play of the game, boom, you know, you can catch it, get upfield, you know, you feel confident in the play, obviously. So, yeah, some good stuff happened there. 
just having a reliable option. And obviously, I'd still I'll probably say it all year. I'd still like to see Giovanni Bernard play more. I guess Ronald Jones was sick today. Is that the word? Yeah, he left the game with an illness, which I guess makes sense because the two plays that he was in, it was like a you know a run play for two yards, but then that passing play was really weird. Himself at all? Yeah, because he went directly (laughs) out of bounds, but he had a blocker in front of us where yeah yeah maybe he gets tackled, but he could have turned it up the field and you know get a couple more yards and he. did he, he just did he watch he, himself he, on the jumbotron and then got sick? Yeah, he now. just like willingly went out of bounds. I was like, what's what's going on here? You know, he yeah. the the blocker was blocking to the outside where he could cut in, but he just kept following yeah. him with the blocker. It didn't make any sense. It was quite bizarre. And then he didn't play the rest of the game. So yeah, asking you shall it. receive. Uh, it's it's uh, Rias Rias. It's Brazilian currency. Okay, all right. Thank you, Andre. Thank you, Andre. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, one of the coolest things is how many fans we have internationally. Like, there's so many people who watch yes. internationally. Scott and I have asked before on here, and it's crazy how many of those yeah. uh, pop up. But oh, yes, yeah. hit the like button oh, if you yes. can. Yeah, everybody like in the button. chat, hit, it. hit, hit it that right like now. button. That's hit helping it. us a lot. And when you guys are hitting that thing, when you come in, that's helping us a ton. It's helping improve our YouTube SEO for yeah. sure. And obviously, subscribe Pewter Report TV as well. We are moving up in subscribers. We are we're yes. inching our way Thanks towards to seven thousand. We're excited to get there. Yeah, we've been great with that. So. We're excited about that. How about Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, Scott? I mean, this is a matchup where these two guys, guys, they just lick their chops every time they see the Falcons. It, it's easy. Um, you know, I don't know this to be a fact. I'm, I'm still digging, trying to find out what the inside scoop is in this. I, I don't know. And, uh, you know, this is nothing to do with endorsements, nothing like that. Still trying to find out if, you know, if if this stuff right here, all of these awesome ingredients in Celsius in any way, shape, or form help Chris Goblin or Mike Evans, okay? Because listen, I do know this. Celsius helps me every day, and I can feel it when I don't take it. I was I was completely transparent last week. Both JC and I did not have one. I think it was Monday. Monday and we were dragging. Oh my God, it was awful. I'm not going to go through another Monday like that again. That's how that's how you know Celsius is working, right? Drink a Celsius. It's got the essential uh, energy that you need. No sugar. There's no preservatives. So that means there's no crash. So you're going to get the energy you need without the crash. That was the big thing with me with energy drinks before is I would sit there and take them and I'd get that little rush, that little boost for a couple hours and then boom, all of a sudden you got a sugar crash on your hands and that just defeats the purpose. So Celsius, find out where to get them. Go to pewterreport.com, click on those awesome new Celsius banners, type in your zip code and they'll they'll pop up right there on your screen. And once you uh, know which kind you like, I like the orange. Uh, I had a a tropical vibe today. Uh, My prop can here is the orange sickle, which I had one of those yesterday. Just go to amazon.com. Click the subscribe and save those. They'll ship those things right to your house. That way you don't run out. And guys, you can save some money doing it too. Yeah, absolutely. That was great stuff with Celsius. I actually need one. I have not had one today on the show, and it's I've had one every other show, and so I'm dragging a little bit. I might right? get one so I like, can get some post game content. Can't you tell def- the difference? I need it, man. I need right. it today. No question yeah. about it. So um my my mom actually texted me. She's all about Celsius. She texted me the other day. She said that feeling when you reach into the back you think that you're out of celsius you reach into the back of your fridge and you find one <laughs> yes, more celsius right. so exactly she was amped up but steven says did john murphy bunting get hurt again today and this is a good segue as we yeah. talk we're trying to find out right now yeah we are we are in the process of trying to find that out but yes he did get hurt at the end of the game i don't believe he returned there was only a couple plays after he got hurt yeah. um, and they were relatively meaningless plays so you know, could have been precautionary we don't know um but it looked like a neck or head he was kind of doing this a yeah. little bit he tweeted after the game saying that he's okay. okay. So, so we'll see what holds there, but that's kind of critical. You know, not that I think he's some great player or anything, but if Jamal Dean's in concussion protocol now, so he's, it would be tough. It's not impossible, but to clear protocol for that game would be really hard for the bills game. And obviously it's a game where you do not want to be down many right. corners against the team that probably leads the league and going four wide. Uh, you're yeah. already down Mike Edwards and you might be very well be down Jordan Whitehead. So it's going to be uphill sledding for the box. No question about it. Even with Carlton Davis back, which was yeah. obviously very impactful today. It was great to have, uh, he dropped a pick at the end of the game. I yeah. really wanted him to have that one on the yeah. goal line, but I uh, played he really well. too. <laughs> yeah, he did. I'm sure make up for some lost time there, but uh, overall, yeah, huge, uh, huge to get the secondary back intact other than whitehead, but 
this is a big game. Looms large, and some of these injuries could be huge on what will be a short week for the Bills anyway. And, and when you're in concussion protocol like Dean, it becomes kind of a tough week for him to get healthy. Yeah, for sure. There's no doubt about it. Well, Richard Sherman could be back this week, though, isn't that That right? is true. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be a Bucks game without a corner getting hurt. I was going to so, say, as soon as they get the, all three well. of them went down in that game. Yeah. Davis went down. Yeah. Murphy the trifecta. Yeah. It's incredible. What a just a decimated by injuries that position group this year. But Desir came in and he played well, didn't he? Like forced he came the in and forced a fumble, and I thought he wasn't a problem. You know what? He actually had five tackles in playing less than the entire second half. So yeah. very productive game from a run standpoint, all that. So that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Just Me Pushimi says, started a new job last week, and guess what I found in the vending machine in the break room? A freaking Celsius. After watching the pod for a year, you know I had to try it. It was great. In all capital letters, love to see it, Just Me. Yep. Love to see it. No That's doubt great about stuff. It. Thanks for Zier made a guys. big play, and uh, uh, here's my question for you. We'll go Matt first, and then Scott, I'll, I'll go over to you. But yep. this defense right now, can it survive as dependent upon splash plays as they are? They got, what, five sacks today? Yep. Forced the, the big turnover off to Sear. Can they survive or with the Desir uh, punch out? Can they survive with basically splash plays? I mean, Falcons moved the ball at ease, were great on third down, converted a bunch of third and longs, got inside Bucks territory on almost every drive. You know, this was until the, the splash plays happened for the Bucks defense. I mean, you take all the Falcons plays, there was way more good bad, but the bad ones just hurt them so much. Matt, uh, you kind of froze out there but to answer the question no i don't i don't think the bucks defense can survive on making these splash plays especially if you make the playoff well they're going to make the playoffs but when you make the playoffs and you play uh, a quarterback like aaron Rodgers, you're not going to get those splash plays you can make them against carson wentz you can make them against uh you know a falcons team that tends to hurt itself almost as much as as the bucks do but i mean i as i i give the bucks credit for they only allowed 10 points and anytime a Bucks defense, knowing the offense that Tampa Bay has, anytime the Bucks go out and only allow ten points, you're mo- more than likely going to win the game. But they were not good on third down. They were uh, six of sixteen trying to get stops on third down, mm-hmm. and they allowed two third and fourteens. One was a holding penalty on Carlton Davis. The other, the Falcons actually converted it with the pass down the field. That absolutely cannot happen. There was another situation where the Bucks had the Falcons second eight and eighteen. They ended up converting that on third down. You cannot, and this go, again goes back to the indie game. You can't be in these situations of where you have them pinned back third and 14, third and 15, and you allow them to convert that third down and move the ball down the field. It's it's not going to work against Buffalo, uh, you know, Green Bay, teams like that that I just talked about yeah. as well. And then um, the last thing I want to say, too, um, forgot where I was going with it. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'll just say this. If you look at at some of their of their losses this year, right? They have not gotten the sacks and not gotten takeaways, or right? didn't record a, a takeaway, um, at, you know, in Los Angeles, uh, didn't have one, or maybe had one in in uh, New Orleans. I'm sorry, yeah, New Orleans, but didn't have the sacks. And so, to me, this team needs to to make plays, and really, that's what sacks, that's what what takeaways are, especially when the sacks come on third down. That was kind of our biggest gripe. Earlier yep. this season is yeah they were getting some sacks in games right yep. they they got to to uh, uh, Trevor Simeon um, and and also to Taylor Heineke but but they weren't impactful sacks we saw mm-hmm. and, and to your point Matt they didn't play great on third down but they did have three sacks that came on third down that led to some punts and uh, you know I love when the big guys get the sacks and yep. Dominic Sue Vita Vea, Big day for the interior, the interior yeah, defensive line. It was awesome to see that. Uh, the last thing I just wanted to say real quick yeah. is um, it was very interesting. Just It reminded me of the Washington game a little bit. Atlanta had three drives where they had uh, drives of 15 plays, 11 plays, and 11 plays, so double-digit drives. Yeah. And they only scored a combined total of three points on those double-digit drives. Just a crazy stat, and again, where – for the Bucks, you don't want to be in that situation, but they right. got lucky in terms of only allowing three points on those long drives. Right. Yeah, and and I I think too that that as as long as they continue to to make those plays on defense, because see, really those plays are just like touchdowns for the offense, right? I mean, it's it's that's 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 why the the big name players get paid the big cash is to make big plays, and we saw them rely on any you know the, uh, those takeaways in Indianapolis. Last week, and they relied on the sacks more so today. Only one takeaway on defense, but it was a big one. 
So, yeah, I think that if the Buccaneers have a game where they don't get any takeaways or maybe one takeaway and one sack, depending on the opponent, they're probably not going to win because that's not playing complimentary football. And I think that this defense is predicated on making some big plays. Uh, Todd Bowles wants to stop the run, to force teams to throw the ball because that's where he thinks that his pass rush can get home. doesn't always work, but he thinks his pass rush can get home and that they have enough guys uh, on the back end, a Levante David, a Devin White in coverage, and just thinking that's what Todd Bowles thinks. I'm not necessarily subscribing to that when it comes to White, but Antoine Winfield, who I thought had a slow start but finished really strong today with 10 tackles. Um, I I think that that's how this defense is built. Stop the run, and they want you to pass because – of the the, Sha- the Shaq Barretts, the Indomica Sues, the mm-hmm. Vita Veas, the Levante Davids, the Antoine Winfields, the Carlton Davises. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is the strength, is when those playmakers can make some plays. And they'd love to have Devin White join the party. Yeah, they would, and we would too. <laughs> we would love that. But you mentioned it, but I think that's the biggest thing. Todd Bowles, you can hate the way he calls defense, but this was honestly kind of like what his peak day looks like, to be honest. Right. like you, The other teams are always going to move the ball against Todd Bowles. The yardage is always going to look is almost always look not that great, but points, you know, they gave up 10 points in this game, you know, and that's, that's what matters right there. And that's what he's going to hang his hat on. Would it have been more points against a better offense? I'd argue. Yes. And I'd argue that's where it gets tricky, but he also changed his defense against better offenses last year in the playoffs. So we'll wait and see. I know I've been very critical of him. So I try to be positive when there's an opportunity to do so. And and we have, we have talked about, we've talked about the offense. We mentioned Gronkowski and Godwin and Evans and Brady. We even mentioned Fournette. But we did not talk about this offensive line. This is now the third time in the last four games where they have not allowed Brady to be sacked. Mm-hmm. And uh, and even though you know Brady only got hit in the Washington game, that was that was enough. But I thought the protection today was absolutely mm-hmm. picture perfect. He looked comfortable in the pocket. He had all day to throw when he wanted to. He hit some plays down the field. It wasn't just check down Charlie because even though the the Falcons were playing a lot of, of cover two and a lot of mm-hmm. uh, coverages designed to have Brady check the ball down. He was able to hang in the pocket a little bit, allow Chris Godwin to get behind the linebackers mm-hmm. in front of the safeties, make a, a big 36-yard catch and run. Mike Evans, the same thing down the sidelines. Um, this offensive line has just been absolutely fantastic. Oh my, yeah. I, I wrote about Donovan Smith. And I mean, he was coming out for blood today. I'd love to go back and look at the film. I saw him really kind of work over Dante Fowler a couple times. But I love the pride with with Donovan Smith is playing right now because mm-hmm. he got he gave up one sack. It really wasn't his fault. It was mm-hmm. more Brady for hanging on onto the ball in week two against the Falcons. He avenged that sack today and had another dominant performance on the heels of a great performance that he had in, in Indianapolis last week. Yeah, for sure. They're one of the biggest reasons why the Bucks offense was able to find big plays. They've been unbelievable this season, and hopefully they can all continue to stay healthy. Marpet getting him back in the lineup was huge uh, in this one, obviously. Speaking of big plays, you can make a big play yourself when you go to livinggolflife.com and you get one of these unbelievable polos, hats. Check out all the stuff they have on their site. Matt, there's some stuff that you've loved that you've been able to find over at Living Golf Life. Oh yeah, the the trucker hat which I'm wearing right now. Uh, big big fan of that. Uh, I've gotten a lot of good use out of the the glass mugs that they have. Their um, their polos are extremely comfortable and dry fit, so you can wear them at any time of the year. And you always know it's going to be warm in Florida, so uh, wear it twenty four seven if you wanted to. Uh, make sure you check out their Instagram as well at Living Golf Life. They're always doing free giveaways. Uh, they're always involved in many different um, upcoming charity events in the in the local tampa area and uh, like i said free giveaway so you can win some free swag but make sure you check out their website and livinggolflife.com for all of their merchandise and apparel absolutely and we're always talking about our friend uh, over at uh, pacers as well it's a great place to stop bowling food and fun bring your family out to the bowling alley look at that pizza i mean the food is what i hear from everybody everybody loves the bowling obviously but the food people who go are like the food is amazing, and they've they've got you can have breakfast. You can have too, breakfast right? for dinner. Yeah, you can have breakfast. Yeah, the pizza is really good. You can have breakfast uh, at any time in the day. Uh, some people really enjoy having breakfast at night if that's your thing. Of course, definitely anytime. go for it. Yeah. And they have different uh, 
different special events almost every single night. They got all you can eat pizzas on Tuesday, um, all you can bowl on Thursdays and Dollar Miller Lite. So they have so many great deals that you could take advantage of, whether it's a night out with the family or just some friends. Uh, make sure you go to pinchasers.net uh, for more information. But it's definitely uh, a great atmosphere to go to. And they're Buccaneers fans. So you're supporting yeah. fellow Bucks fans as they continue this uh, run at 9-3. and three. That's great. No, uh, Scott, I'm glad you mentioned the offensive line because I think that's been critical to team success um, and just in general. But the play of the defensive line today paced them as well. So the trench play, man, when they're, they're able to win that in so many battles this season, which I think – is absolutely huge. It's hard to yeah. know where to go when you only have one defensive and offensive game ball to give out, but that's where we're headed today on the show as we move to into the game ball segment here, especially for Matt, who I know is going to jump off the show here in a little bit and get running. So we want to get to our Manscaped game balls today, Scott. Your balls will thank you. And that's it's right. Gonna be, it's going to be hard to sort this one out, right? There's quite a few players maybe deserving of a game ball in this one. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So I'm going to start with the defensive side of, of the, the ball first because um, I love trench play. I love the defensive line. Uh, Vita Vea and Indomica Sue both share in this game ball because both of those guys feasted on Jalen Mayfield, who may be the worst guard in the NFL. <laughs> he, he came in allowing a sucky seven He's sacks. Terrible. He's now up to 10 sacks allowed. How many games have the Falcons played now? 12? He's averaging a sack a game. That's pitiful. That's pathetic. Um, but listen, Vita Vea feasted. Uh, I, I was actually talking about him in the pregame show. Critical of Vita Vea for not finishing, right? Uh, and that's one thing J.C. Allen and I were talking about in the pregame show. And it and it really had the, uh, you know, the, uh, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying that Vita Vea listened to the the pewter pregame show, uh, but I'm not saying he did neither. Okay. So I think Vita Vea, that's certainly an instance where he finished today and Damakasu finished today. Like he has, he's now up to six sacks that matches what he had last year. So uh, I think Vita Vea is um, uh, kind of sensing he's going to get that fifth year option next year. And when defensive linemen can get sacks, they make more money. So now Vita Vea who had half of a sack, in back-to-back games against the Dolphins and Eagles, had two full sacks. He's up to three now, so good day for him and Sue. On the offensive side, um, gosh. A lot of players to pick from. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, I, I got to go with Brady. This guy's mastery over the Falcons is, is just next level. 10-0. Right? He just doesn't lose. 10-0. And, and what he's been able to do for this, this Buccaneer offense, going back to – to Atlanta last year, guys, right? Remember that the Bucks trailed 17-0. That's something Brady brought up in his in the press conference today. And trailing 17-0, scored 31 points in the second half to, to come out and win. Um, he yeah. even tried to help the Falcons out today. Fine, guys, I'll give you one. Here you go, Davidson, or just to make it, you know, fair, whatever. I don't know. The, the, the guy just throws touchdowns mm-hmm. and puts up 300-yard 300, uh, 300 games in the Buccaneers' win when, when 12 is under center. And it's – it's been 4-0 now. They've swept yeah. the Falcons twice. And uh, I would imagine next year, if Brady's under center for the Bucks and healthy, it's going to be probably another sweep for Atlanta in 2022. Yeah, and I want to come back to Brady for a second uh, before we go to your game balls, Matt. But the Bucks are now at, according to 538's playoffs odds, they are at nine over 99% chance to win the division. So it's all but locked up uh, for the Bucks now in terms of the division, the NFC South title. So let's just stop there for a second because they didn't win it last year. They didn't win the NFC South title. And it's been a while since you've seen one of these uh, NFC South titles, Scott. You've been covering this team a long time. Yes. There are probably some years where you said, I don't know if they're ever going to win this thing again. And here they are in pretty <laughs> yeah. convincing fashion winning the NFC South title. Yeah, no doubt about it. And really, it's it's all been about the, the quarterback position, right? Um, because it, for so many years, right, you had, you had Cam Newton in Carolina, you had Drew Brees in New Orleans, and you had... Matt Ryan in Atlanta, and really, uh, I mean, I guess we can say Cam is still hanging on in Carolina. He was cut before. He's brought back an emergency basis, but it's really just Matt Ryan left in the NFC South, and he doesn't have the weapons. He's not the quarterback he used to be, I think, in his prime. And, and you know, listen, Jameis Winston, he got a couple of wins in the NFC South. It was never enough, and when you swap him out for Brady, it just made a world of difference. And, you know, Tom Brady is not a guy that can just – you know, go toe to toe and throw for throw with the likes of the Drew Breeses, you know, who retired last year and 
and uh, and, and Matt Ryan. It's it's Brady's better than anybody in the NFC yeah. South, and that's why they're winning it this year. Right. Good points there. And by the way, just in case people are wondering, obviously that would put them at the same thing, uh, up uh, upwards of 99% to make the playoffs too, obviously. And then for the first round by, they're at 19%. Unfortunately, the Cardinals winning today. Cardinals have moved to 44% to get that first round by. Packers at 33%, Bucks at 19%. But it's close. I mean, the, they could definitely still get the two seed, I believe. And then to win the Super Bowl, 538's odds. The Bucs are now third. Cardinals of the highest Super Bowl odds right now, 16% per 538. I know other models that like the Bucs more than any other team to win the Super Bowl still. It's like 16, 15, 14 right now. Cardinals, Packers, Bucks are all like have that percentage chance uh, to win the Super Bowl. So they're Bucks are right up there in terms of the way they're playing. Now, again, there's things you, we, we like to like to see them sort out and play better and execute better and call better and all of the above. But when you look around the league, it's it is a comparison thing. You know, those things can be true in a vacuum, and you can still look around the league and say, okay, but everybody's got their issues. You know, there's no question Green Bay's got their issues, no question Cardinals got their issues. There's no team like we've seen in the past couple of years that's like this just juggernaut type team. And even last year when there was in the Chiefs, the Bucks found a way to beat them despite playing right. not their best football at the in the regular season, too. So you know, there's just a lot of football left to be played. There's a lot of time for this team to get it right, but there, there are some big games looming. Don't want to get too off track, though. Let's go back to the game balls. Matt Matera, your offensive and defensive game balls for this one. Uh, I don't know if I should take the low-hanging fruit for the, the offensive one, which obviously would be Chris Godwin. I'll leave that for you, John. Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to Mike Evans. Obviously, Chris Godwin was uh, you know, the star of the show and broke the franchise record. But Mike Evans had a great game, too. Seven receptions for 99 yards. The main thing for me on why I'm picking him is some of the clutch receptions that he made on third down. He made a shoestring catch over the middle. That was great. It looked like he was going to hit the ground. It was an exceptional catch to keep the drive going on third down. He had another one. It was near the end zone. It was right on the sideline. He caught it, stayed in bounds at the same time. Um, anytime Mike Evans or Chris Godwin have a – I guess for lack of a better term, a, a subpar game like they had last week yeah. against Indy. Uh, you can almost guarantee, you can almost guarantee that they're going to, you know, go off the next game. And right. that's a, exactly what they did. Um, obviously Chris Godwin was the star of the show, but since you can only give one game ball and there's multiple people on this podcast, I'm going to go with Mike Evans for what he did. Um, defensively, I'm torn between since both nose tackles are off the board. <laughs> There's two guys I have in mind, but one guy I feel like is never going to get the game ball again, so I'm going to give it to him. Shout out to Cam Gill for getting a sack in this game. There you go. Yeah. He's, listen, he's a guy that only gets a couple of snaps per game. Um, he right. has to make the most of these opportunities when he's in there, and he made an impact in this game with this sack. Cam Gill got a sack. Anthony Nelson got a penalty for roughing the passer. Who had the better game? It was Cam <laughs> Gill. The guy does not get on the field that much. But like I said, he's making the most of his opportunity. So good on him for doing that. Um, when you're in there, you got to make good a good sack too. Yeah, a good sack. Yeah. He beat Jake Matthews. Like I know yeah. Ryan might have been a little deep in the pocket, but it wasn't. When he's egregious. playing, he just looks like he wants it more than some of the other backups. Yeah, and that's and how I feel about it. I, I'll tell you too, Matt. That's a great point because going forward, they may not have Jason Pierre-Paul next year, right? I don't. I don't think they should bring. This guy back at age 32 with the injury history, if he wants a huge chunk of change. Now, if JPP is willing to come back for maybe half of that in a one-year deal, maybe $6 million rather than twelve and a half, I might be interested. But um, if Joe Tryon-Shoenka is the starter next year in place of, of Jason Pierre-Paul, having a guy like Cam Gill who's kind of coming on a little bit as a pass mm -hmm. rusher, and listen – in limited snaps, he's got one and a half sacks. I mean, he's a designated pass rusher. He's getting home. He only is one sack behind Jason Pierre-Paul, who has two and a half. And I know JPP, you know, guys, I mean, I know he's playing with the, with an injured shoulder. But at the same time, if you're going to be out there playing and, and you're going to insist on playing, then you're ripe for criticism, too. And yeah. uh, and he, JPP, has just not played well. You know, yeah, it's hard because you're right. Like he just is clearly not right. And the, the Bucks are starting to wise to it, I think, and starting to play other guys more. You saw Anthony Nelson, Cam Gill get some yeah. snaps early in the game. But JPP is just, yeah, I mean, it was one of the first runs of the game. The long run, I believe it was the yeah. 39 yard. He just mm -hmm. got totally washed out of the play. It was 
you never see that from a healthy JPP. You might, I might knock him as a pass rusher. Right? I've always kind of knocked JPP as a pass rusher compared to his reputation as this yeah. you know, annual Pro Bowler. He, to me, he's never been that level of a player as a pass rusher. But as a complete all around player, as a guy who never dropped into coverage, went to Tampa Bay, learned how to do it, and actually was, right. <laughs> was half decent at it for for a defensive end of coverage, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, like he was always good against the run. He always saw screen passes and, and ran them down right. out on the perimeter from his end spot, like. You know, those kind of plays just are not there right now. He can't make those yeah. kind of plays. It is what it is. It sucks. I think he could be a totally different player if he gets the shoulder fixed, but his mm-hmm. his age is a factor in your right, Scott. You can't be pursuing this guy in free agency. So the fact that Cam Gill has stepped up and Nelson has looked better, I mean, he's yep. always never going to be a starter, but those guys it. might be suitable depth if you can bring in another young guy. Right, exactly. I think you got to draft another guy too to, yeah. to, to you know keep the the hopper going with with young pass rushers, right? Because I mean, Shaq Barrett will be twenty nine next year, still playing you know pretty good football. But the thing is, is Joe Tryon Shoinka, he's been getting on the field more, but we've seen it more inside, just simply because JPP is not effective with that torn rotator cuff going against a center guard double team, right? In in nickel pass rush situations, so you have to put JTS inside. And I think that's really stunted his growth because I, I think I texted you earlier today, John. The JTS looks like like he did back at UW as a freshman or sophomore, kind of just running around trying to make he a needs play. To chill out. <laughs> yeah, just not knowing what's going on. But he's like a bull in a china shop because he's not used to playing inside. So he's having to figure this out at the NFL level. He didn't get any inside rush reps during the preseason. So this is yeah. all brand new and you can only practice this so much on the practice field when, when, when you're up to, to game speed on Sundays going against, you know, guys that aren't your own centers and, and guards, it's just different. And he is yeah. learning on the fly and just, he is just kind of like treading water right now as an interior rusher. Yeah. He should have had a sack today. I texted right. you guys this today, but <laughs> JTS, I mean, six at least if he just makes tackles, you know, yep. that's how close he's been. Vea knocked him off another sack. So he, I mean, he could have six or seven. I think he has three. Right. I mean, he's been better he's than so the sack close. Numbers. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. again, he had Ryan today. You got to wrap that one's wasn't even like out of control or he had Daniel Jones. Like those guys are wrapped up. You got to get them on the yeah. ground. That's kind of a fluky thing, I think, in those situations, but it's hit him a couple times. Still showing a lot of good things. He won a couple times yes. in inside yeah. rusher again. And he's getting so. some pressure. He's being disruptive, right? It's not like right. he's getting blocked. It's not like he's losing battles. He's yeah. just not finishing. And right. it kind of reminds me a little bit of Carlton Davis. The first two years, you know, and, and Matt, you've been in this market. You've covered for Peter Report. You know, mm-hmm. the first year for Carlton Davis, he was like an inch away from making plays and he was getting and he up touchdowns. Catch. And he could no. not catch. Yeah. Second year, he <laughs> was breaking up passes, but he couldn't catch. Third yeah. year, he finally could catch the ball. So there's a progression, right? And I think we're seeing this with JTS. Close this year, and I think next year he closes the deal. And, John, you're right. He should have six or seven sacks by now. Yeah, it would look a lot better than those rookie numbers. Than the, right, rookie. Yeah. the defensive rookie of the year is over. Uh, yeah, Michael Parsons is Michael Parsons thing pretty easily. But, uh, yeah, I think it would, be, it would be fun to see second place if he had little bit better numbers but okay good game ball uh for both you matt you got both yours right who'd you say uh yeah i said evans and uh cam gill uh, cam gill right great choice yeah i was actually thinking about cam gill so good choice by that but in case people are wondering here what this game ball segment is about we found the read we we have it now uh (laughs) and what it's about is manscaped and the performance package 4.0 that's their best-selling product and you can get it right now for 20 percent off plus free shipping at manscaped.com do it with that promo code pewter p-e-w-t-e-r here's what you're getting in this performance package 4.0 you're getting the lawnmower body trimmer the best trimmer on the market for your balls and you're getting the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer also don't forget about the crop preserver ball deodorant and the crop reviver toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine the manscape boxers also come in this they are the most comfortable boxers of all time and the shed travel bag listen this the manscape performance package 4.0 the lawnmower body trimmer this thing is unbelievable because it's quiet it's got the nice light that you can see everything there's no snags and probably the best part well it's waterproof that's the best part and it's got a travel lock on it as well so comes in that awesome fancy looking bag you can get all this folks for 20 percent off plus free shipping with the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. We're back to Pewter, right? Is the promo code? Pewter 20. Is it Pewter 20 still? Pewter 20, okay. yep. Pewter 20, P-E-W-T-E-R 20 is the promo code for this at manscaped.com, Pewter 20. 
and you can get a free uh, T-shirt with this deal as well, huh, Scott? Yes, you can. We've been giving away these T-shirts left and right. We still got some in stock. So, folks, the best thing is you can give Manscaped for a gift because this is the gift-giving season, right? It's the holiday season. So if you want, whether you want to be greedy and keep it for yourself, that's fine because uh, you're going to save 20% off plus get free shipping. We can also ship you a free Pewter Report T-shirt, right? They come in pewter, like this awesome gray color right here. We got them in black. We also have them in white as well which is good for the Florida sun. So all you have to do is email me your proof of purchase uh, at my email address, which is sr at pewterreport.com, sr at pewterreport.com. Email me that receipt um, that's, that you're going to get from Manscaped. The great thing is it's got your address on it, which I need to send you the free T-shirt. It does not have your financial information, which I don't need, don't want. So just forward that email to me when you get it from Manscaped after you place your order. And folks, I'm telling you, as somebody who is 49 years old, you start getting these nose hairs that grow. This thing alone, right? This this uh, weed whacker, you stick it up your nose. It does the work in about five seconds. The nose hairs are gone. There's no snags, no tears, nothing. Uh, doesn't hurt. It, it's it beats plucking them out with tweezers. Let me tell you that. This thing gets the job done. And for downstairs, uh, I'm a believer. This uh, weed whacker uh, or the lawnmower 4.0, it is the game changer. You're right, John. So um, it's real simple. You save money. You get a great holiday gift for yourself or for somebody else. Guys, tell the, the wives and the girlfriends that you want to finally break down and try the Manscaped product. You're going to love it. We all do at PeterReport.com. And you're going to give a free T-shirt for you just in time for the holidays. Right. It's great stuff. Matt, thank you so much for coming on here, man, and giving your game balls and your insight and analysis, obviously. Two home games coming up, so you'll be at Ray J the next couple of weeks and big ones for the Bucks too. You'll be there front and center ready to front front and center ready to cover this team. Yes, I will. It's uh, always a pleasure being on and speaking football with uh you two, uh two of the best in the game. So uh appreciate what, it. Right back what at kindness. you. Man. Wow. Yeah. What a great guy. There goes Matt Matera, ladies and gentlemen. We'll bring in a guy that probably won't be as nice to us in JC <laughs> Allen here. JC, hey. I'm gonna make you go last for game ball. No, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll let you go. No, that's First, fine. Your your 30 second synopsis of this game's in where you believe the Bucks are at. 30 seconds on offense, 30 seconds on defense. I am timing you, and I will give you a little buzzer when your time is ready. 30 seconds on offense, go. Yeah, so obviously like the offense coming out of the gate strong, quickly getting Godwin and Evans involved, specifically Godwin, five catches on that first drive. Uh, that's what they need to do. They need to come out, they need to score points, they need to do it quickly, and then they need to continue to make plays throughout the game. And you saw that. Uh, if they didn't have that interception, it would have looked a little bit different. I think they left a lot of plays on the field pretty uncharacteristic. Uh, had some missed balls overthrown uh, overthrown Evans, led Gronk a little bit too much. But I think if they can continue doing this, getting that running game a little bit more involved and less predictable on first down, I think they'll do uh, they'll do fine. <laughs> Just kidding. Good stuff uh, there, JC. That was pretty close to 30 seconds. Actually pretty impressed. All right, on the defense, 30 seconds. Here we go. Ready and go. Defensively, I mean <laughs> – they definitely need to pick it up. Well, the offense has started started hot. The defense has not. Uh, you know, you don't run on this team, but they ran all over them. So they definitely tighten up that run defense and need to tackle, 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 tackle. I don't know what they need to do fundamentally to, to, to shore those up. And also get, wrapping up the quarterback when you have him for a sack. Other than that, this the way this defense is constructed, they're going to get a passing yards. That's not a big concern to me. Keeping things in front of you and tackle wrapping up when it comes to sacking, when it comes to allowing big plays. Wow, right at 30 seconds. What a man. Let's give it up. Great stuff. JC wow. coming through clutch. Wonderful Slide. analysis there. See what you can do when your cat's not peeing on you, man. It's awesome to see. <laughs> Great to see yeah. you out here thriving. Anybody who doesn't understand that joke, go back and watch last Monday's show. Uh, Tom Bucks fan brings up a great point here, and I was actually hoping to keep this off the screen, Scott, until after I did my game balls. But oh, he okay. points out, Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. He points out in Dominican Sue's six sacks this season as a defensive tackle, and he's piled them up lately, too. And you know, some of them are coverage sacks. The first one today was, but the other one, man, I mean, he just ran right over Jalen Mayfield. It was awesome stuff to see. And what's been fun was that was one of the first times a he, we talked about this earlier in the week, Scott. He barely plays at right defensive tackle. Yeah. JTS has played almost all his snaps when he's had inside at right defensive tackle. Right. They moved him to the left side spot. And had Sue play over Mayfield intentionally yeah. 
eyeing up know, that matchup, I think. It, it, you're exactly right. It's kind of funny because we were talking about this. And I do the the, the keys, uh, uh, the matchups to, to watch every week, my SRS Fab Five. You, you and I were talking about this, and you pointed out how Sue has been playing mostly on the left side since Vita came, came yeah. back from that injury. And it's true. And I, I said, you know, that makes some, some sense there. The reason why I initially picked Sue on that side is because if I'm Todd Bowles, I would want that matchup because wherever yeah. Vita Bay goes, they're going to double, right? So might as well take away your best guard, which is Chris Lindstrom, right? And, and have him rush against him and Hennessy, the center, mm-hmm. have them draw the double team. Then you ISO your weakest link, which is Mayfield, one-on-one against your better pass-rushing defensive tackle in Sue. As it turns out, both guys feasted today, right? Three combined <laughs> sacks matter. against Mayfield. Mayfield's it didn't so matter. Bad. It didn't he sucks matter. so bad. Oh, my God. <sighs> We're trashing this. Watch him come out next year and look like an all-pro after we just hey, trashed him. This you know what? Maybe yeah, this, yeah, this is exactly doing next year. Today this was not his day. Year. We'll worry That's about right. tomorrow tomorrow. But today right, he yeah. sucked. <laughs> Yeah. We, we said that in the pregame too. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah we like, oh. mentioned that, JC. Yeah, we yeah. I mean, Scott texted yesterday. He's like, "How do they not get a sack on Mayfield in the first game?" He had like a pass <laughs> protection grade from PFF of six point four or something. Yeah, terrible. I they can't get a sack PFF though. grade tomorrow. Yeah, it's gonna be fun for sure. All right, JC, your manscape game balls. I'll let you go first. Who you got? Offense, defense. Uh, who did Matt take? Uh, don't remember, man. You know why why John didn't remember? Because he didn't have a Celsius today. He admitted that. Just like you and I, JC, on Monday, we were dragging so hard. We we didn't have this tasty beverage. But but John John made the rookie mistake of not having one today on a game day of all days. Go figure. I've tried to talk to the air for five hours. (laughs) Yeah, what are you thinking? (laughs) Content afterwards, man. That's a rookie rookie move. That's a a Jalen Mayfield move right there. I'm changing my name to Jalen Mayfield. Listen here, Sonny Boy. Um, Sonny Jay, boy, Jalen Mayfield is Jalen Mayfield. You can't, you can't take that. That's I like, think you got to explain the Sonny Boy reference to people. <laughs> somebody on a Peter Report article this week. Somebody, Paul Atwell, reads the comments. I can't imagine reading the comments. Sometimes I'll see one of y'all give a yeah. comment. I'll give a good response on the site. But Paul Atwell reads the comments. So he hit me up this week because somebody in the chat was mad about something I said. I forget what it was about even, but doesn't matter. They called me Sonny Boy. Like four <laughs> times in the comment. <laughs> incredible. That's been John's nickname in the group chat, right. the PR group chat this week. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. So. Sonny boy. All right. G- g- game Manscape game balls, JC offense, defense. Speaking of Sonny boy, Sonny boy is usually something like an old person would say. So let's go with the older person on offense. And let's go with Tom Brady out there slinging the rock. I thought you well, just ripped him. You said he sucked. no but there was definitely some plays where i think that tom would like to have back and they would have been able to score more points but you still can't deny what the dude's doing at 44 years old out there consistently on a week in a week out basis four touchdowns over 300 yards he's currently leading the nfl in yards and touchdowns uh he's just had a resurgence down here in tampa and it's continued this season and and I mean, if he's not the winner of the MVP, then this is a such a political award this year because he deserves it by far and away. But, you know, the game he had, yeah, easily. You know, you could have went with a lot of players on offense, but I'll leave the layup for you guys, and I'll go with uh, I'll go with Brady here. Scott already did his, so I, I guess maybe I'll go offense and then we can both go defense, JC. But, yeah, Brady's obviously a great choice. I do think some of those misses, there were some rat – like the Evans miss, um, just personally, like I think you, if you all watch it – if you watch it again, I think my guy pulled up pretty good on that one. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, on that play, you're right, John. He saw the safety out of the corner of his eye, made a business decision, right? I mean, I'm just saying it's like he, he knew at that point in time the Bucks are going to beat the Falcons. There's a game to be, to be <laughs> played next week against the Bills. Said, this yes, he did. The result of this game. <laughs> That's right. You're exactly right. So he's just like, ah, you know. And then the funny thing is, is honestly, I think he got targeted. I think, I think he took a shot on that play. And I'm thinking, where's the flag for the defenseless yeah. receiver? Yeah. Like yeah, seriously, I wouldn't be surprised if that Falcons defender gets fined, even though there was yeah. no call on that. But I mean, Evans, he got tagged pretty hard even for not making the catch. Exactly right. Yeah. I was like, dude, if you're going to get hit anyway, man, you might as well make an <laughs> effort to grab the ball in that play. Yeah. But I was um, laughing. I was calling the game and I saw him. I was like, Ooh. hey, listen, yeah. we've all been there. I, I, I do it too, man. I get it. I understand. Like, you saw um, even Gronk slide, right? Yeah. Gronk slide. <laughs> yeah. He was yeah. ripping uh, AB or uh, 
um, BA was ripping on him too. So yeah, but uh, yeah, so, lots oh, of good choices. Oh, Real quick, speaking of slides, did you guys see in in the the Pitt Wake Forest game the yes. fake slide by Kelly Pickett? Yes, Kenny Pickett yeah. The touchdown yeah. ride that was crazy. That was insane. Yeah. Now, I can't he, that's he, legal. what's that? I can't believe that's a legal move. But he didn't go down, so I, I'm just saying. It started in the action of giving yourself up, though. So I mean, yeah. Uh, I think that's you like want to change story. the rules. Oh, look, you're one of those guys. Take these awesome. <laughs> I'm not trying to change rules. Real did, you see the, the game. did you see the hit that Josh Sweat put on Zach Wilson today? Now that was I football, baby. I oh, man. I put in the group chat. That was beautiful. Speaking, speaking of the Jets, I, I actually watched the game live where Dan Marino changed football, pro football. Uh, I think it was against the Jets, if my memory serves me correctly, playing for the Dolphins back in the 80s. I was a young kid before y'all were born. And he did the fake spike, the fake kill, and threw a touchdown pass right before halftime. And uh, that was the first time that had ever been done before. Because usually, like, you know, when you, when you go to spike it, it spiked, the defense froze. Yeah. I guess yeah. they talked, worked about it in practice. So now you've got you've gone from the fake spike that you got to be concerned about as a defensive player to the fake slide. So you love it. It was great. I was but, listening to Sonny Boy back when Dan Marino was uh... <laughs> so true, though. Uh, Chris Godwin. Back when uh, Dan Marino was doing Isotona, I love commercials on, on the on the television. Back when it was Is that your older voice right there? Yeah, kind of. Wow. Um, I think Chris Godwin obviously has to get a game ball from somebody, right? Has anybody given him a game ball yet? I mean, yeah, we're waiting for you, John. I mean, I yeah. give it to him. I was going to give John it to offensive line. But, oh, you got to just leave me last and I get screwed. So you that's know? true. This game, there was no way it was getting screwed on offense because the offensive line is obviously extremely deserving, too. They've been unbelievable. But I have given it to offensive linemen, I think, the last couple of weeks. So I'm going with Chris Godwin. He was awesome today. I mean, 15 catches. He had one carry for nine yards. He went out of the game with an injury, and they said, we don't care. We got nobody else that can play this position. <laughs> Get your butt back in there and keep making plays. So, I mean, they basically use him like a running back with these, like, long handoffs, basically, these passes, uh, these these quick hit hitters, screens and smoke routes that and he runs. And passes. <laughs> look, yeah, and actually yeah. runs, too. So, I mean, he um, – but, yeah, he played awesome today. The contested catch uh, right here was an awesome play. He has not gotten many contested catch opportunities this season. Last year, I feel like he even got more. He They need to get more of that going with him. They need to get him isolated one-on-ones more often, especially if teams are going to focus coverage on Evans, which I don't mm -hmm. think anyone's really doing that much anymore, but maybe in the red zone. But uh, Godwin's got to have those opportunities. And if you give him more 50-50 balls, he will come down with them. Yeah. That's not necessarily how Brady loves to play or how most good quarterbacks, I should say, love to play. But you got to recognize the opportunities when they're there. Brady recognized that their game a chance. Yeah. He was awesome in this game. Uh, just a phenomenal performance by Godwin. And then defensively, JC, what do you got? I just want to say, speaking of contested catches, let's give it up for Cam Bray. That was an amazing Cam Bray was channeling his inner Gronk on that one, right? He's yeah, just like, right? I've spent enough time around Gronk. I'm going to let the power of osmosis work. Just, you know, sit next to the guy in the lunchroom, next to the guy in the film room. Our lockers are next to each other. I'm just going to act like Gronk can go up and get one. And boy, he sure did. That yeah. was a great play. Yeah. Gronk, Gronk and the O-line definitely deserve honorable mentions too on offense. I mean, four, four tutties, four tutties in two games against Atlanta. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's an absolute beast, but defensively, uh, there's a couple people you could probably give it to, um, you know, looking on in the interior line, uh, looking in the backfield, uh, defensive backfield. I don't know if someone's giving it to him yet, but I'm going to give it to Carlton Davis or going out there and just being an yeah, absolute absolute study at that one play where he just kind of like manhandled the guy and got called yeah. for the holding penalty but yeah. you know honestly there was a great press cut rep he just owned him so much that they yeah. ended up throwing a flag because it was that yeah. dominant. you know he was pleading his case after that too saying that that exact same thing john yeah. three passes like it's not my fault on that recovery better. yeah yeah you know, he, made he a couple played, great plays pass deflections yeah it kind of yeah. sucks that he, that last play like one of the last plays of the game he was in coverage and that yeah. throw by Ryan was like a total lollipop, but he turned around to play it, and it was like behind the receiver and underthrown. It was like a double whammy, and two he chances just on that last it. drive. Yeah, yeah, that guys. Was very then, weird well, play. I mean, he did miss. He did miss. Uh, you know, I mean, who didn't miss Cordell Patterson? You know, he he had a clear yeah. shot at him at one point. But you know, I think for coming back and playing how he did, and we'll get the snap count tomorrow. Obviously, he came out mm -hmm. in, with an injury for a play, but. Uh, I'm very interested to in seeing how many plays, how how much he was actually on the field because 
he looked just like Carlton Davis. It didn't seem like there was uh, any rust from from missing all the way from what week week four was it? So yeah, yeah he looked good. Guys, we're talking about Cam Braid and Gronk real quick. I don't want to, to get in the way, but I'm, I'm going to pull a, a Mark Cook. May he rest in peace and do a captain interruption right here. This is a, a good point. Uh, big MGM. Cam Braid's touchdown felt like uh, y'all better not keep OJ over me next year type of catch. Cam Braid's problem is what it's always been over the last couple of years. He makes too much money. Set to make over $7 million next year. If he remains in Tampa, it won't be for that much. They're going to force him to take a pay cut again. But it don't matter. They'll ask him to take a pay cut, and he'll say, you want me to play for $2? Yeah, if I get to stay in Tampa. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> exactly, right? I get to but, still play that, on the same team with Ryan Griffin? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah. my point, though. coming out of the tunnel today? Brayton Griffin? They did no, the slow-mo shot of Brady coming out of the tunnel, and Griffin uh-huh. and Brady are behind him like, hitting each other, running out of the tunnel and like just totally goofing around. And like they're That's in the so background funny. unbeknownst. They're yeah. like, we're still here, you know, but, uh, but the, the thing is, is, is do you think that the, that Bright's going to be back as the number two next year? I mean, OJ Howard really has been nowhere to be found over these last couple of games, yeah. certainly as a receiver. It just seems to me that Cam Bright, given some of the limitations he has, just has a rapport with Brady is, is a better red zone threat. Is, is more consistent. He's not no, he's the totally blocker you want to be. And, yeah, he's totally right, passed up Howard and snaps and opportunities. Yeah, but he's yeah, been the, no he's been the number two tight end in this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll be, I, yeah, and he will be. I'm sure he'll take the cut and finish his 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 whole contract out next year. I bet they keep him and they let OJ go. They save some money on Braid and sign him. He get plays for cheap again. And yeah, yeah he's, he's not been great two, this year, but he's better than Howard. Two team options for the next two years uh, when the recent restructure of his contract. Yeah. yeah, he'll restructure. He'll stay here. He's he's a lifer. I don't see him going. He is Tampa Bay. Well, no, he, he, hold he's, on. He's, not, he's not. Let's be clear. He's not He's not restructuring his deal. He's taking pay cuts. There's a big yeah, difference. Yeah. So, Restructures well, he wins. He took a pay cut and restructured the, the wording of his deal so that the team has two team options or whatever. I yeah. Think. Yeah, that's he's, but yeah, yeah he's he definitely taking some pickups. I, I think they, I think they maybe look for a tight end in the draft too. OJ Howard, I mean, you want to talk about the highest paid player on this team that doesn't deserve it? He's making over six million dollars this year. Yeah. You know, I would have, I would have gladly paid Cam Brate six million dollars over OJ Howard. I thought they could have had an opportunity to trade him. They I would pay neither of them anywhere close to that and save money. Yeah, obviously not. <laughs> but I'm just saying, right. if I had to pay one or the other, I'm not paying. Some team's going to overpay for OJ Howard. It's just going to happen, and he's going to go elsewhere. Maybe. Him and Rojo will go elsewhere, yeah. and they'll find replacements in the draft, or maybe mm-hmm. through you know free agency. Yep. Maybe Fells is a guy who comes back. Who knows? Yeah, I do think OJ's been a disappointment. I I I would like to see him get another opportunity. I hope he gets another opportunity. Better like, to make a play here or there before the end of the season, you know, right. I think that'd be it'd be cool to see, you know, because he he's had his moments, but the injuries have just been they've taken right. a huge toll. And, and no you know question. what? Speaking of injuries, when Gronk was out, you know, we saw, you know, we saw um, OJ catch a touchdown pass. He had a really, really good game against the Eagles, right? I mean, caught the screen mm-hmm. passes, but it just seems like since then he's just kind of been the invisible guy in offense. And you yeah. you kind of. You know, compare that to how Brashad Perriman, when he had the opportunity to step up and be the guy when Edwin's or when when um, Evans and Godwin were out back in 2019, he did three 100 yard games, mm. a handful of touchdowns. I mean, he really stepped up and took over. And I was kind of waiting for OJ Howard to, to become that guy. Like, okay, OJ, you've had a couple games in your belt now. Gronk is out. This is your opportunity to step up and be that guy. You're in a contract year, your fifth year option. This is your chance to get some dough, and it just never materialized. Yeah, it's it kind of is what it is at this point. And uh, Tom asked, "What kind of draft compensation?" It's going to be day three picks, Tom. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'll be pretty pretty positive of that. The day three type of uh, compensation, yeah. and plus it depends on other free agent moves, and there's a lot of variables. So we'll get to that when it right. comes. Let's do my defensive game ball. Let's I'm going it. with Dominican Sue. I'm giving yeah. him his props. He deserves a game ball. He's played awesome, man. I think he's just had a great – he's had a great cut little stretch here. It's not just the sack numbers, but it's just in general. He's been a force. He's playing yeah. well. He's playing with a lot of energy. Um, it's kind of crazy, like six sacks already for him. Even in his heyday, Sue was never a big sack numbers guy. You know, if there was right. a limitation in his game, it was always – he was never as explosive, and that's usually one of the number one traits of top sack guys in the league because you're not just going to overpower people for 10 sacks every year in the NFL like you could in college. And so the fact that he's doing this, I mean, six sacks last year, six sacks this year, even if some of it is scheme related at his age, I mean, that's crazy. Like there's there's yeah, days in the league where he's lining up as the oldest defensive player playing in the NFL, you know, when McClendon's not out there and other guys, you know, so I mean, yeah, yeah, just 
it's it's been pretty remarkable to watch him do kind of what he's done uh this season um and obviously a guy that if he wants to play another year i'd love to have him back for cheap and we'll cross that bridge when we come to it obviously so yeah and, and, and john you you're talking about sue and it's you're right it's like he's never really been that that big time sack producer matter of fact mm-hmm. his rookie season is when he had the most sacks he had 10 that year then four the next year and he's had an eight sack season back in detroit in 2012 an eight and a half sack season in 2014 um but really since then it's the six he had in 2015 and the six he had uh, this past year and then you mix in a bunch of years where you had four and a half or four or you know six um but with several games left i mean he he could approach 10 sacks this year that would be something it really would be would be wild. It would be wild production to see at his age, no question about it. So speaking of production, we've put up like seven articles of Pewter Report after this game. Hopefully we'll have be more coming on the way. We'll look through the transcripts, more coming tomorrow morning. Snap count analysis will be up. Scott will have two-point conversion going. We'll get the Monday morning mailbag up there as well. There's lots of content coming your way. And there's content coming your way right here on YouTube too. Make sure you're subscribed, Pewter Report TV. We'll have hopefully another X's and O's video this week. Again, Paul is thinking about a video idea as we speak. So I'm thinking about video ideas as well once I get a hold of the tape and get to look at it for later this week. So it's fun stuff coming up on YouTube. And obviously, the regular podcast is going to be here as well. So make sure you're subscribed, Pewter Report TV. Uh, we'll be live tomorrow, Monday, 4 p.m. Eastern. Now, we'll Victory Monday. For you. Victory Monday. We'll break down this game more in depth. We'll look at some of the numbers, lots of stats. We didn't talk about that play before the end of the first half. We're going to talk about that on the show tomorrow for sure. We kept today mostly positive. Tomorrow we'll talk about some of the concerns maybe we have moving forward and positives as well, obviously. So make sure you're subscribed, Pewter Report TV. And lastly, before you leave this video, man, hit the thumbs up button, hit the like button on our videos. Help us out in that way. That does a lot for us, helps us out a ton terms of youtube seo and yep. spread the and, word man y'all yeah. are our best advertising tell the and people tomorrow on tomorrow's podcast at 4 p.m we're going to start the show off in the first um we'll call it the 10 minute mark so make sure you're there make sure you join us tomorrow we're going to do a roll call we want to find out where where you guys are coming from so we want to what what state what city if you're in florida um what country so yeah. we're going to do a roll call tomorrow at, at 10 minutes into the show uh, so we want you there on our Victory Monday podcast, represent from where you're from. We want to see it. Our audience keeps growing. As John mentioned, over 6,000 subscribers on our way to 7,000. Thank you all tremendously for subscribing to Peter Report, for hitting that, that like button, and for visiting PeterReport.com. We're having a record year traffic-wise. Mm-hmm. It's all because of you. Thank you, Bucks fans. Yep, you guys have been awesome for sure. So we will be back tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern. We're excited for it. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to another edition of the Peter Report podcast out out